Hello and welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. And I'm John Brewer. And we are here in a very intimate setting to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's a romantic movie. It's such a romantic movie. It is and a love story. Yeah. It is a love story. And guess what episode we're on? 69. 69, baby. Oh, yeah. So we're watching it in the boudoir. <laughs> we're having an interesting thing. So... This is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead's probably my favorite, but... This one's better. Yeah, I don't disagree because this one, I think it came out after Shaun of the Dead, and yeah. I feel like had the the benefit of Shaun of the Dead having existed. And the benefit of not being British, I think. You just don't like British movies? No, I think they just... Uh, I think it relates better because British humor is dry, and I think... Wild humor goes better with horror. Yeah, like a nice wet American humor. Yeah, like it's big. Just like slasher movies, it's big. It's college kid blood. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite line ever. So, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, do you remember the first time you saw it? Do I remember the first time I saw yeah. it? Yes, I do. You want to talk about it? Well, I remember hearing about it from Leonard Moulton, who's a film critic, and he was on Doug Loves Movies. And he was just raving about this horror comedy. And it was so unlike him that I was like, this got to be a good movie if it, like, pulled him out of his normal, you know, genre yeah. of film. So. And Doug Benson had loved it, and everybody on the panel was raving about it. So I'm like, i got to watch it. And it happened to be on Netflix at that time. Well, I think that we watched it at the same time, but worlds apart, because yeah. it was on Netflix for a while. Um, and it was a movie that I watched when I, I, it came up on my feed randomly and I watched this movie alone in my apartment in Philly over and over <laughs> and over again. It's just one of those things. Like I've, I've seen when I lived in Japan, I had Sean, I would just have Sean of the dead on in the background. Like I'd come home and I'd turn on Sean of the dead and sometimes I would turn on uh, hot fuzz. You know, I had like yeah. four DVDs in the roommate, like like Hot Fuzz and Sound of the Dead were some like last minute DVDs I picked up and it turns out I love them. But like, yeah, I would just watch this at night alone, just like feeling like I just it's about friendship and love, John. Yeah. And dead college kids. Yeah. And we're kind of still bucking what we're supposed to be doing. We are because we're not even doing the thing that we said we would do when we don't have time. But there's a reason why we're watching Tucker and Dale. Versus Evil on special episode number 69. Yeah, because I need it for a college assignment. Do you want to tell people what the assignment is? Oh, it's just about finding um, principles of of social psychology within a film. Yeah, so... And this is full of, like, prejudice and discrimination. and Yeah. So I thought it would work. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about it because this time we're going to get some John's professional opinion on this. Oh, maybe. And I'm excited about it. You get to, because you've been in college. This is your, you're coming in on your, the end of your third semester in psychology program. Yep. And you have kind of had your fill of analyzing the family. Yeah, Guess and, what? And everybody else I see. We're all abnormal, according to John. John's the only non-abnormal person. The only sane person in the room, ever. <laughs> Which kind of means that you might be the abnormal one. That is quite distinctly possible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, um, I love this movie, and I actually have my students in my ethics class watch it. You don't know why? Because there's lots of ethical conundrums. 
There are. And so I have my, st- oh, and the end of my ethic. Wow. First time in like a year. Wow. That's terrible. So at the end of my ethics class, our final unit is on the ethics of killing. Cause I like doing applied ethics. And I think it's fun to think about what's well, not fun, but it's interesting to think about the sort of moral panic of the nineties, eighties, nineties, um, early two thousands and stuff. The it, satanic panic. Yeah, but also the moral panic of, like, our kids are going to start shooting up schools because they're listening to rock. They're listening to rock. They're watching horror. They're playing bad video games. Yeah, that seemed to start. And it's weird. I got my uh, Creatures of the Night 40th anniversary album. Wow. That was one of the 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 albums that started the satanic panic awesome. of the 80s. So, yeah. So, this I, I have the students read a, a passage from Augustine. On addiction, uh, addiction to blood sport specifically, but this is like in the Roman times, you know. Um, and then I have students read a little piece about whether it is moral to, like, whether it is moral to watch depictions of violence, especially extreme violence. And then I have them watch this particular movie. I think it's what I love is that it's one of the most college kid movies about college kids that was ever college kid movie. Um, there, it's just a bunch of college kids going into the woods and going camping and being ridiculous. Yes. And it's, I'm going to be saying a lot of things. I love my students. When I talk about college kid and college kid blood, I'm specifically talking about the ones in this movie. Yeah. It's the caveat. I'm not out for real college kid blood. No. Right? And well, they're not either. They just they no. happen to get it on them. No, it just gets it on them. So uh, do you want to tell us the general premise of the film? Sure. I got a really brief, good synopsis. Affable hillbillies Tucker and Dale are on vacation at their dilapidated mountain cabin when they are mistaken for murderers by a group of preppy college students. It's so fantastic. Yep. It's so good. Okay. So, director. Uh, Eli Craig. Oh, who wrote this bad boy? Eli Craig. Ooh. And Morgan Jurgensen. And who are the stars? Tyler Lebean, Alan Tudyk, and Katrina Bowden. And Katrina Bowden has been in a couple. Has um, I know that Alan Tudyk, we all know Wash, right? But what has Tyler Lebean been in since this? Well, let me take a it's look. It's been 12 years. Yeah, you don't think about him as often. No, but he's great in this. Look, he's on the new Amsterdam series. Oh, he's like a, just a regular years. character. Dr. Iggy Frome. He's been in 86. Oh, she's like a major, he's a major character in that, I guess. Yeah, so that's what he's been doing. So he's been doing a lot of TV. Oh, he yeah. was on It's Always Sunny. Super Troopers 2, John. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, he was the Canadian Mountie. Yeah. Oh, he was in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. You didn't see it. I saw it. It was great. I probably won't watch it. Yeah. It sounds bad. It's good. Just from the you title. D- you don't even understand. He's done two Voltron series. So. What's the go-to is film. We're in his TV stuff, right? So it should be. We're the, in all of it. Oh, we're in all of it. So he's not doing a lot of film, but he's doing a lot. Well, he's done some. Yeah. It's a good amount of uh, horror movies, too. Yeah. It's good. Uh, nothing to... Monsters University, he's doing some voiceover stuff. and Yeah. That, well, that one TV series, he's... Well, he's been in a few TV series, and it looks like he's just been doing some solid work. Good for him. Reaper. Uh, Alan Tudyk, we all know as the chicken from Moana. <laughs> no, I think of him as Resident Alien. Oh, yeah, Resident Alien. We should really watch the rest of that season we were on. Yeah. Um, I've been really bad about wanting to watch television. I know. And I encourage you just to watch your 
lot. You can watch your wrestling and play your wrestling game, and I just kind of sit here mm-hmm. Makes and, sense. and bug you and make yep. you explain things about it. Okay, tell me more about this movie. Um, it's pretty well received. Yeah. IMDb gives it a 7.5. That's probably on their upper end for horror. And uh, Ron Trainers gives it an 85, both on the tomato meter and the audience. Wow, that's a rare consensus. Yeah. I want to hear what these people have to say, Jim. Well, I can't find any negative reviews for you. Oh, wow. All the top critics gave it good reviews. Even Roger Ebert. What does he say? He says, He's such a Debbie Downer usually. Says students of the little movie glossary may find it funny how carefully Tucker and Dale works its way through upended cliches. <sighs> upended cliches, like that's such a great way to describe what's happening because the cliche is happening, but it's not a satire in the sense of the scary movie franchise. Yeah. Right. It's doing something very specific. It's like a real story. Where yeah. people are playing into their own... They're letting the cliche affect them. Yeah. That's good. Ben Sachs from the Chicago Reader says, Here's something you don't see every day. A genial, politically correct splatter comedy. <laughs> That's then, pretty on the nose. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Fetters from MovieFreak.com said, This movie is certifiably insane. That's a given. But it's also extremely witty, has far more intelligence than you might originally expect, and has a grand time exploding cliches and playing with an audience's expectations. Exploding cliches. I like it. It's so good. Um, do you have anyone, anything from the uh, non-film critics? Nothing negative. Okay. It's all, everybody loves it. That's good to know. I mean, it's a great film. Yeah. I like this one. I'm usually, this is Pamela D, super reviewer. I'm usually not into slashers or horror comedies, but this one was pretty decent with some genuinely funny moments and good kill gags. Three stars. Yeah. I actually don't read the audience reviews on any of these because I don't like people. They're not very good? Uh, it's really hit and miss. There's people who are yeah. just like, I'm going to hate on this just to hate on this. Yeah. And, I mean, the movie critics, I would hope, have no skin in the game. Yeah, sometimes they just are, you know. Yeah, some don't like a certain genre or whatever. Yeah, and they'll let you know about it. But to have all of the top critics on Rotten Tomatoes give this a positive. Yeah. So tell me more about this movie, John. Well, what else do you want? How much did it make? Do you know that? Oh, I forgot to hit Box Office Mojo, but I can get that right here. Oh. It it was budgeted at $5 billion, and it made between 5.2 and 5.5. Well, I know they've made a lot of money off of me buying this several times on Amazon and Amazon deleting it and making me think I'm crazy, even though I know I bought it. Well, it looks like now it's on all the streaming services. That's great. Yeah, it's on all the free ones, too, like Tubi and stuff, which is, if you want to watch it, watch it on Tubi. Or Prime Video. But we are definitely going to be spoiling it today. Oh, yeah. Spoilers! Wow, it is 12 years old, so yes. I think it's fair. I have an assignment that my students in that same ethics class have this week um, in which we're going to be talking about zombie movies and stuff, and I was telling them about like kind of like the, the zombie trajectory and stuff like that to give a context, and they're welcome to actually bring in any zombie in the, in the, in the um, assignment. I want them to talk about their own experience of zombie movies or horror or anything like that because everyone's had some experience, most of them. And I said, I did have a caveat that was, if you want to talk about The Walking Dead, say spoilers for Walking Dead in your subject line. Just, this is the only time I'm ever going to give a spoiler alert in a class, which is because it just happened. I'm glad you elaborated because you started that with, they can bring in their own zombie. (laughs) 
And then you stop to rethink. And I was like, that's odd. Yeah, I'm fine, everybody. By the way, the baby is 20 weeks, John. You know what that means? Yeah, halfway there. Whoa! We're halfway there. Wow! Okay, before I get sued, I want to tell you something. You want to know a little bit about baby at 20 weeks? Sure. She is the size of a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has got lots of parts. The, 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 we got a call today from the doctor um, after our, our like 18-week scan or whatever. And because our most crazy person was asking things like, does the baby have a brain? They must have had a note in their file. So they went and told me, your baby has all of its parts. <laughs> like in the phone call, which was pretty great. Um, the baby's senses and reflexes are developing quickly. Uh, she's breathing, sucking, and swallowing. And if she can find her thumb, she's going to suck on it. So that's what she's up to swimming around down there. And John just opened a PBR live on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so John, I'm a little bit worried because Lola and Loki are here. The baby's actually starting to hear this week. Oh, yeah. So um, let's hear. Let's uh, let's see if this is an appropriate movie. Okay, well, I'll turn to the parents' guide. Okay. Where sex nudity is mild. Okay. A woman is skinny dipping and her breasts are barely visible. My God. I don't think that they actually are, but okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Teens kiss and make brief discussions about sex. Ooh. Lots of sexual humor and innuendo. (laughs) But then we move on to violence and gore. Yes. Which is severe. Excellent. I feel like we haven't had severe violence and gore for a while. I'll skip through this real quick. A woman's, because there's a lot. Yeah. Woman's hit in the head with a pole. Yeah, that's like. Man is seen with a saw blade on his neck. Yep. Uh, the girl who witnesses the boy killed with a saw blade lodged in his face gets a machete stabbed on her throat. Oh, yeah. So good. This is, by the way, all of this that's being described is in a, like, three seconds, like a 15-second yeah, sequence. Really close to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's all stuff like that. People getting shot. Stabbed, you get to see like, someone, in the, the first scenes, you get to see someone with half his face burned off. Yeah, and it finishes off with severe and gore levels, but moderate, moderated by slapstick, if not cartoonish context. Oh, my God. the There's a kid. I, I mean, we're going to talk about it later. But there's a kid that ends up impaled to death because he thinks that one of the Hill, the Alan Tudyk's character is chasing him. And because uh, and, he looks like he's chasing him with a chainsaw, but Alan Tudyk is being chased by bees. Yes. And so then, like, the guy impales himself, and, like, as he's dying, he sees the bee land on his face. And he goes, oh. And, like, he realizes what was going on, and then he dies. Yep. College kids, man. What else? What else we have? Uh, profanity is moderate. Ooh, tell me more. 32 uses of fuck. Ooh. And several uses of shit and bitch. I don't remember the uses of the F-bomb. Is it? I know that, like, the 32. college kids use it, but does... I don't think Alan Tudyk... I don't think Tucker and Dale actually say those words. I remember. Alcohol, I guess we'll find out. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Oh. It's beer, beer, smoking pot. No, and one girl just is smoking cigarettes. It's relevant for when she blows herself up. Yeah, college kids doing yeah. college kids stuff. Yep. Frightening and intense scenes are mild. Despite the film being a horror comedy, the violent content is very graphic. <laughs> and the deaths can be intense and disturbing for some viewers. And a dog is threatened with a gun, which may be difficult for some yeah, viewers. The dog is fine, everybody. He's threatened with a gun. He's threatened. Um, okay, so it's interesting. I'm just thinking about how, like, 
The violence and gore and the frightening intense scenes are such different categories, but you would think in some people's mind it would they would be the same. But it's so funny. It's not frightening. No. You see it coming a mile away. Yeah. And it's over the top. It's over the top. I mean, I would say that there's some it's more intense in the end when there's an actual when it's not accidental deaths, it's like someone chasing you, trying to murder you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so how about we watch this thing, huh? Sure. Awesome. Let's go. Hey, we got your friend. <laughs> yeah. You think he said it in such a nice way. Yeah. I mean, okay. So to back up from that. Beautiful, beautiful rendition of the line. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? you? John has been taking notes for his assignment. Well, yeah, but this is pretty much just a, a synopsis. I won't be delving into the psychology yet. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick out which things I really want to write about. Yeah. Okay. So the setup is in the very beginning. We see um, Jesse Mose or Chad. So his name is literally Chad. And he has got half his face burned off, and he murders a couple of reporters. And then we cut to what we later learn is the past, right? And all a bunch of these college kids are going on a trip, and they've got the one that has the weed, the one that's creepily intense, that's Chad, the one that doesn't want to mess up his dad's car, and we've got the very beautiful Allison, right? Who also likes marijuana, Right. They're college kids, right? Yeah, and then they realize, and so then they get passed by a truck of creepy yeah. hillbillies. And one of them actually says, it's hillbilly country now. Like one of the college kids says that. Yeah. So would you say that they're coming in with a certain types of stereotypical stereotypes? Of course. Some bias, perhaps? Of course, especially after Chad tells them the story about college kids getting murdered in these here woods yeah and so basically chad is a dick um so they get passed by and, and every time we see them from the perspective of the college kids the hillbillies uh tucker and dale look pretty spooky yeah they have like a creepy shock yeah and they and tucker shirt off. yeah and alan tudyk's character is like one of his eyes is all squinty and stuff like that and so then we cut to alan and or to to dale and tucker tucker and dale and they're just talking about their wonderful cabin in the woods that they just got. And they're excited about this new stage in their life. And they're really happy. And they get pulled over by the cops. Yeah. I just found it odd that you called them Dale and Tucker. I know. That felt weird because it's written Dale and Tucker on the um, on the <laughs> television right now. I don't, I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> well, that's because this is the Prime where they show them how they are on the screen. Oh, so that makes Dale sense. I get it. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, we have, uh, the cop pulls them over, the sheriff yep. who warns them off to not go, yeah. that they're only going to have suffering and death on that lake. And Tucker's response is, well, he's just jealous. Cause he doesn't have a vacation. Home. Yeah. He doesn't have a vacation home. I don't know. I know they're like making it look like it's a shithole. I'd be pumped. Oh my god! So yeah, so so there's a scene at a gas station in which Tucker and Dale are like T Dale or Tucker is at Alan Tudyk's character Tucker is at the counter and he's like you know ordering stuff and they're ordering a lot of things like chainsaws and, and hay balers fishing and, and fishing hooks, lots of things that are sharp because they've just they're moving into a new cabin and so instead of going to Home Depot before they left, they ordered it locally, which yeah. I could see that. 
You don't want to have to haul it all the way there. Yeah, and you just get it and you haul it the last part of the way and it's fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you get a nice relationship with the local guy that owns the store or whatever. They also get some eggs. Uh, The college kids come for beer and they're horrified by the store because it has like taxidermied animals. And the guy that owns it has a slight speech impediment. Which yeah. they perceive as being a terrifying hillbilly. But these, but these kids have never been in the woods because she goes to buy bug spray <laughs> and picks up the wasp and bee killer. Yes, which it would have helped a friend of theirs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it would not help if they put it on their skin. No, absolutely not. Actually, it probably would be very, very bad if yes. they put it on their skin. So the so basically, we get the college. We get the, all these scenes of the college kids being terrified, looking at Tucker and Dale, and the music changes like. Rah! And then we get just Alan, or we get Tucker and Dale, and Tucker's giving Dale a little pep talk about how smart and cute he is, and how he should just go talk to the college girl if he thinks she's cute. Yeah, she's a human. That's all. Yeah, she's just another person. Go out there and talk to them. And so he does with a mouthful of pickled egg and holding a scythe. A giant scythe. Yeah, and also he has to be make sure he smiles and laughs. He smiles and laughs, so he says, what is this, it? y'all going camping? <laughs> you scared then, the cats. Which, oh, sorry, cats. Well, he does say this, and it's so interesting because that's kind of horrifying. But then the other stuff is that he says, like, he says stuff like, that's a nice cooler you got there. You know, he's yeah. like clearly just awkward, but because they're coming in from a perception of bias against hillbillies. And he is carrying a scythe. And he is carrying a scythe and is a mouthful of fucking pickled eggs. <laughs> Maybe take a swig of water before you go out there or something. Um, <laughs> such a good guy. So anyway, they get to the cabin and this is what you and I, you we've watched this together a lot. Yeah. And it's just a fun movie to have on sometimes. And we both have just talked about this cabin where it's just like, I could do a lot to it. Like, I think about this cabin and I could think like, you know, it would only take a couple hours to clean it out real good. I'm not yeah. talking about scrubbing anything, but you could just get a good dust buster or something like that. I got lots of cleaning implements. Yeah. You know, you could like get rid of all the creepy decor, fix that busted. There's a very much of a, um, uh, of a Chekhov's post that holds up the cabin that has like a giant nail thing that comes down that will come into play later they're really excited about this cabin they're going to do all this work on it but they got to go fishing and drinking of course and then college kids are skinny dipping we hear we get to hear a college kid murder story yep you want to describe it well they didn't go into too much description but it was basically two hillbillies went and chased out some college kids and killed them yeah pretty much so foreshadowing yeah and like it looks like one was played by alan tudyk and one was played by um the creepy creepy guy chad but in a wig um which again foreshadowing uh all those college kids died are buried in the woods somewhere never seen again and one of them survived hmm interesting so anyway that is uh that's chad's story and we'll hear more about this so yeah they're skinny dipping and like allison Falls off a rock and hits her head, which is kind of an ongoing thing for Allison. They pull her out of the water, and like, and Alan Tudyk's character Tucker says, "We got your friend," but just in a literal like, "We got her out of the water," and their just responses, "They've got Allison," and they freak out and they leave. Well, they did just hear a story about two hillbillies killing yeah. a bunch of college kids. Yeah, and so they're kind of freaked out. And they're dumb college kids, and this sets up the whole movie. So, would you want to give us some of the psychology? 
Someone, what's going on? Social psychology. You gotta do some quick. Oh, there's a lot of prejudice mm-hmm. on both ends. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Dale won't talk to the girl because she's a college girl. And she yeah. won't talk to her. She's different. Yeah. And they don't. They're afraid of hillbillies because they're different, and it's they have prejudiced feelings about like, dirty and gross and scary and. Yeah. So. There's like this understanding. Wow. Merka. We were, like, literally just about to stop. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not editing this podcast tonight. No. I'm well, just going to, like, I, throw it online. I couldn't wait. I have PBR. I'm in Tucker and Dale mode. Yeah, Tucker and Dale are drinking exclusively PBRs, and John well, feels good They were drinking Miller Lite on oh, the way. They're just drinking all the beer. And they were like, we got to get better beer. <laughs> we got to get better. You, unfortunately, the next beers you have are the long drinks, which okay. are... They're fine, but it was really funny when you drank some and didn't think you were going to have some. Wow, when you're expecting beer and you have long drink. Which is like grapefruit soda almost. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually know what it tastes like because we got it for Lee's birthday party. Not birthday, Lee's going away party to college. Eddie's going away party to college. And um, and we found out I was pregnant that day. Yeah, so. And I was going to get hammered. There's all this truly and stuff. Nope. And long drink. And my friend pulls me aside and she's like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, do I drink so much that like the idea of me not drinking at a party is so insane? Yep. But I don't think I have a problem because I've had zero problem not drinking. No, that's fine. No. I've had problems not eating sushi. I, I mean, I haven't eaten it, but I would like some. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, should we go? Yeah. All right. Bye. Well, we're not saying goodbye. We're, we're watching the movie. Let's go. Is that your blood, John? No, it's college kid blood. It's college kid blood. It's my favorite line of any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. And I say it to my students every year, like before they watch the movie, I'm like, you guys are going to get it. It's very funny. And they look at me like, what? <laughs> Tell us what happened, John. Bunch of college kids are killing themselves on their property. All over the property. So we've got Tucker, uh, like, so basically they've got her, right? Like, they, they got their friend. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she was knocked out. She wakes up the next morning, so she was, you know, brain damaged. Um, and, you know, and she's put been put into uh, Dale's clothes. Tucker's outside, you know, doing work on the property, and Dale is doing stuff like uh, talking to her. She's kind of scared of him at first, but then realizes kind of what's going on. There's been a misunderstanding. And, yeah. you know, and, and she, they're hoping that her friends are going to show up and get her. Yeah. In the morning. Because it's pretty reasonable, right? They're probably the only property, like the only actual house nearby, right? Well, they, they know who they are, and they saw them. They said, hey, we got your friend. Yeah, we got your friend, right? Loki, Loki's here, so you might hear some purrs in the background for the first time in a while. Um, so, yeah, they got their friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens is the college kids do show up while Tucker is chainsawing a bee's nest. Well, he chainsaws a hornet's nest. He thinks it's bees and starts running like a bat out of hell through the woods with a chainsaw. Yeah. And every other time I've seen this movie, I've always thought that he was kind of foolishly trying to kill the bees with a chainsaw. But watching it again today, I feel like he was trying to use the smoke from the chainsaw to get rid of the bees. Which is actually, like, if he thinks it's bees, smoke would work. Right? But also, 
I might have seen this movie too many times, and I'm reading into some stuff. Yeah, I think it's just a reaction. Something's flying around, and you're swinging your arms no matter what you're holding. Yeah, and so the college kids see this, and uh, they have sent their friend to come in, and uh, who is wearing a very clean work shirt made of the same material as your work clothes. Mm-hmm. It's like the same design. That's why I was like I'm yeah. looking at it, it's that blue with particular stripes, the gray blue. Um, anyway, so he comes running out like a bat out of hell. Uh, with his chainsaw, the kids, college kids see him, they start running. And the kid that's running next to him, the first kid to die, doesn't, like, realizes too late that he's not being chased. Yeah. They're both running. Well, yeah, because Dale, or Tucker passes him. Yeah, and screaming, looks, yeah. and there's a bunch of bees. And then he, the kid, like, ends up impaling himself on a, on a, on a log or whatever. It's a branch, yeah. On a branch, and is, a bee touches his nose. White touch yeah. thing, a bee touches his nose and lands on it, and it's pretty, pretty great. Yeah, he has a a visible moment of of uh, oh oops. of understanding. Yeah, so the college kids see this; they think he's been murdered. Uh, Tucker and Dale go out to find the college kids. They leave her in the cabin to rest up, and they're saying things like. College kids, we got your friend. Yeah, carves it into a log with their axe. And it's like, we got we got your friend. And friend is spelled F-R-E-I-N-D. Um, though we know that Dale is actually quite intelligent, and he does know a lot of things. Yes, but he hasn't made it past the third grade. Yeah, so he's got like an eidetic memory, yeah. is what it sounds like. But he doesn't like, he can't apply it. Or he doesn't think he can. He applies it in a game of Trivial Pursuit. He does. And he whips her ass, and college kids hear that. They think they're talking about just beating her, but they're talking about Trivial Pursuit. Yep. Um, and so, the meanwhile, uh, Allison starts helping them dig a shitter hole. Yeah, a, and an outhouse hole. The only unbelievable part of this movie is the fact that her clothes, which are the size to fit Dale, who is a big boy, tall and big, um... She's, like, kind of folded them up enough so that they're skin tight on her. Yeah. Which is not how clothes work. Sometimes, I guess. No. It's, oh. You know what it is? Maybe they're stretchy It's the Hollywood ideal of beauty that's just impossible to achieve for normal people. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So uh, so she has dug a shitter hole before. She worked on a farm. Yeah. Worked on a farm. And Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's wood chippers blowing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> So the college kids all have weapons, and they're going to come, and they're going to attack all at once to save her, right? They've sent off one of their party to go get the police. Now, if it were me, I probably would have been like, let's all leave and send the police to do what the police do. But we know why it doesn't happen now that we've seen it. No, we know why. I mean, the kids are kind of... Oh, because Chad wants them to be there. Yeah, Chad wants them there, and Chad wants the fight, because he's... Mm -hmm. Nuts. He's a psycho. And the whole time, like, he tries to... Like, at one point, Chad is like, tried to forcibly kiss Allison and saying that they're better than everybody and just very creepy. And he's like... But he literally... He has an inhaler and is short, which is this kind of representation of him not being as godlike as he oh. thinks he is. Anyway. So, anyway, all the kids start attacking at once. And one of the kids who has a pen knife... And just chucks himself into the wood chipper. 
while like, cause you know, Tucker's not paying attention. He's throwing wood in the wood chipper. So I guess he's trying to aim for Tucker and accidentally like just dives into the wood chipper. Yeah. And Tucker's like, oh my God. One he of the- grabs him and tries to pull him out and all the friends can see is him holding him. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, the wood chipper turns himself off and he goes, are you okay? <laughs> and then meanwhile, Tucker is like, hey, it's your friends. And then, uh, she, it's like, what's her, Allison sees that her friend's coming towards them with a stake, with like a big stick, a sharpened stick. So she pushes Tuck, she pushes Dale out of the way, gets herself hit on the head with the, with the shovel he's holding. They both fall into the hole and the guy with the, with the big staff ends up impaling himself on top of Dale. That's when it, he gets the college kid blood. Yeah, and so Allison is out cold. They go back inside. They and Tucker and Dale reconvene. And what is their what is their what, uh, take on the situation? That they have a suicide pact and they're all killing themselves on the properties. Which you know, honestly, I get it. Like why that would be your thinking of like they're college kids. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing. They're just showing up and and it looks like they're killing them. They don't know about the other guy in the woods. Well, the guy just ran head first into a wood chipper. Yeah, I mean, that's really hard. And the other guy seemed like Dale didn't realize he was going to be attacked. Allison had got knocked out and couldn't say well, that. Well, he thought that maybe they were trying to kill Allison as uh, part of their suicide pact. I guess, part of it. And then says, and Tucker says, well, why would they do that? And Dale's like, I don't know. And Tucker says, well, it's good that you don't know, because that would mean we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good times. Uh, mm-hmm. It's such a good movie. Do you have any psychology you want to do to us? No, I don't think so. No? You good? You sure? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. It's really hard to pause in this movie, John. I know. We're an hour and seven minutes in. It's so good. Yeah, we knew that going in, right? I know, because we've seen it so many times. It is such a good movie. There's so many dead college kids. Yeah, almost all of them, so far. <laughs> the sher- just, the sheriff much. got checked in the brain with the uh, with yeah, the, the, the beam. beam. The beam that they should have fixed. There was a big argument between Tucker and Dale about it. Well, they'd get to it, but they, yeah. had, to go, they had to go fishing first. They had to go fishing first, but also like there's other stuff. Later, we learn that there's just a, a corner of the of the cabin just full of kerosene cans. And now I know that Jangers the dog's real name is Weezer. Weezer, isn't that cute? <laughs> anyway, Jangers, it's it's because it's on the um, we're paused it on Prime, so it's just like the order of people sitting places. Yeah. Weezer the dog is also Jangers. Um, so basically, that dude Chet Chad is really scary, man. Yeah. It's, like, really aggressive, and this whole group, like, he's kind of, like, in charge of this group in a lot of ways, and it's, like, y'all could just not be friends with him. Is that where the term a Chad came from? Because he's, like, the definition of a Chad. Well, he does have, like, he is wearing, like, two polo shirts with the pop collars. Yeah. So he's doing the the double polo shirts. I think the Chad started in, um... In England, because a chav is a thing, right? I don't know. And then there, there was the Chad meme that was your roommate yeah. that steals your stuff. So anyway, well, John thinks about the Chad thing. Yeah, basically, college kids. Uh, eventually, they all convene upon the uh, the the remaining college kids convene upon the cabin, um, and they Tucker and Dale have been trying to explain to Allison that the college kids have gotten insane. 
At one point, Tucker got kidnapped by them and had his fingers cut off by them. Like his bowling fingers. Yep. That's messed up. And you were right. It did start in the UK. Oh, yeah. With yep. Chav. Well, it doesn't say that. It just said originally UK during World War II and oh. was employed in a similarly humorous manner as Kilroy was here. Oh, interesting. It later came into use in Chicago as a derogatory way to describe a young urban American male typical single in his early 20s or early 30s. Yep, that's about right. It was dedicated to the Lincoln Park Chad Society, a fictional social club based in Chicago's upscale Lincoln Park neighborhood. Hmm. Right. Doesn't well, say when, but... The more you know... What is it short for, like, Chadley? Like, there's a guy named Chad in this. Like, what, Chadwick? I don't know. Maybe it's Chadwick. So anyway, we find out that Chadwick, uh, his mother was the one that was that survived. Everyone else died. She was tortured by the hillbillies and got away, but is insane. Um, Chad is not happy with the situation. He wants to kill the hillbillies because he wants to kill the hillbillies. Yeah, because they killed his parents. Or... Well, that's what he thinks anyway. Yeah. Because well... so he, he's been told this crazy story by his grandma his whole life. Which has got to not be great for kids to hear that kind of story all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we got a bunch of dead kids now. The whole cabin got burned down because wow. Chad decided to throw a kerosene lamp at at the guys right. and it ended up burning his friend. Well, he had already barged in and thrown gasoline around. Yeah, too. but his friend had also um, barged in with like a very intense weed whacker and weed whacked his girlfriend's <laughs> face. Yep. Which is, everything's just really great. These kids really have it together. So now Tucker, Dale, and Allison are driving away. And there's, they're going to escape. It's going to be great. And the truck is the only thing that Tucker has left. And Dale is driving and he keeps looking back. Yep. And you can see the forest that he's in coming into and how he's not taking the turn. And then smash. Yep. And we're an hour and seven minutes in. We've got about 20 minutes left to go. Should mm-hmm. we go? Yeah. Awesome. Fine. John, is the moral of the story to not help people that need help? Because that's no, what they ended. No. What do you think the moral of the story help is? People. You should always help people, but they literally it the ends moral on. The story is you shouldn't judge people by what they look like. It ends on though Dale sending his friend BJ to go talk to a girl, and BJ hitting her over the head and dragging her off to mate with her. Yeah, that's how it's done. Right? Gr- no, that's not how it's done. In at some cultures. So. uh it was a pretty wild ride at the end. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Allison gets tied to uh, to an abandoned sawmill yeah. thing. Uh, Chad is just nuts. He's so scary. And he turns out to be, he's half hillbilly, John. Yeah. So if someone's half hillbilly and they hate hillbillies, do they have to hate themselves? Do they really hate what's inside of them all along? Yep. Does it make you a hillbilly to be half of one? I think so. I think if you're half a minority, you become that. Just like Obama was the first black president, even though he was half white. It's true. Or like Kamala Harris is the first black vice president woman, even though she's half... Indian, right? Yep. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think that like it depends... Because hillbilly is not necessarily a... A minority, yes. Is it? I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of hillbillies, but I guess, like, yeah. 
It's a good movie, though, right? It is. It's a really good movie. I like it a lot. I recommend everyone watch it. Um, it's really hard to say anything bad about this movie. Do you have a grossest corner at all? Oh, there must be. I guess uh, when they dragged half a body over Dale. <laughs> and he's like, and you hear the squeaking sound. He's yeah. like, not my face. No, what I, my mild grossest corner is um, the makeup. They did a great job of the makeup in this movie and the practical effects. And so at one point, um, someone gets a metal weed whacker to the face. This woman does. And you see her grabbing Chad to help ask for help. To get out of the burning building. Yeah. And her face is like chopped up and you can see bones and things. And that's yeah. pretty gross. She's like Skeletor. Did you want to share your brewer's brew? Oh, PBR and long drink. PBR and long drink. Which do you prefer? PBR. How do you like the long drink? It's fine. We got it because I wanted to try it. And also we have a gluten-free friend. I wanted to try it too. And so. we're like, come to the party and have gluten-free. But I brewed here her... Uh, some gluten-free beer to have when she's over. So. Yeah, so she can have regular beer. She would not... rather have stout than long drink. I'm yeah, I, I, I think that's probably <laughs> probably the case. It's nice to be able to offer something tastier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But that means you have to take one for the team and finish it. That's fine. I was grown up and had a bubbly beverage, but it was just it plain. It was LaCroix. It was plain LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> it was the clear flavor with nothing in it. Um, but I did have it with a koozie, which yeah. made me feel like a, I'm a grown-up. Like grown yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely not the, the grapefruit inside of my belly. It makes me feel like a grown-up. It's definitely just drinking from a koozie. Um, so Tucker and Dale versus Evil, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's such a good movie. I don't, like, there's nothing that doesn't belong there. The music is great. I really love how... The perspective of the teens is this, and like they see this horror show, whereas the, you know, Tucker and Dale are just the normal ones. Yeah. And what they see is a bunch of college kids killing themselves or also trying to kill her and ki- trying to kill them and just generally being chaotic, well, insane. They are the normal ones. They just want a vacation home and go fishing and play board games. Yeah. It sounds kind of great. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Like having some stuff like that, you go to like I remember a couple. What's it? Last year when we went out with Jesse and her bow. Yeah. And like I was just reading a book, and you guys were fishing, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I, think I was reading The Stand at that time. It's a good book. Okay, so yeah, I mean Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's really hard to. I mean the, the conclusion. Tucker is fine. He does have new fingers. Yeah, a lady's finger. One of which has a, a red press on on it. He's like, I don't remember that and, one and no looking hair, like that. No hair on it. No hair. Um, and Tucker is going went on a bowling date with Allison, and they like each other. Yeah. And that's very cute. Even though they're different, and they when they first met, they thought they'd be completely different. Yeah. Not so much. And John accused me of thinking that he was my Dale. But I think I'm the Dale and he's the Allison because he's that a college make kid. Any sense. But I never had any other impression of you besides look at this handsome ginger boy. Oh no! I gotta get married to that guy. Oh no! I was like immediately like, oh, you're so nice. You were waiting for me by the door so politely to make sure I could see you, and then when I asked to move so I can hear you better, you were really chill about it, and you're like, oh, uh-huh. I actually picked out that table first, but I wanted you to be able to see me because you're the nicest, most thoughtful uh-huh. guy. That left an impression. Oh. Clearly. 
I guess so. I guess I'm here. Well. I put a seed in you. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Yeah, that was, That's very appropriate. That's multi-dimensional. Hi, Charlene, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> she knows. She knows. She knows my secrets. Um, it's not a secret. I, I made it Facebook official. Yep. I put a post on Facebook about my car, but most people just made it about the baby. Yeah. <laughs> it was about the baby. All right. So uh, there's just two things left to do, I guess. Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. Intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.